Happy New Year's, Happy New Year to ya. Happy New Year's to ya. By the way, it's not even New Year's, it's the Eve. But it's also me and Matt's wedding <gasps> anniversary. It's your anniversary. Oh, uh, mes anniversary. I think it's six years. What's six years? Uh, so six is weather. one after five. Oh, thank you. Thanks. <laughs> and, and it's, it's one after seven less, as well, right? Oh, wait, before one seven. One less okay. seven. People do get that confused, up. actually, quite a bit. Yeah, look up. Is it leather, Daddy? Six-year anniversary <laughs> gift is... Bondage. <laughs> Candy or iron? You should get bloody candy. Iron, <laughs> blood in the iron, and then candy. And you what get both. What is wrong with you? <laughs> I honestly don't know where to begin. <laughs> Frankly, so much. Wait, or is it our five year? We got married, and then I got pregnant with Koa, and Koa's four, so... Five. It's our five year. No. What year was Koa born? 17. So you got married first of 17. Yeah. yeah. So 18, 19, 20, 21, four years. No, we got married last of 16. Yeah. So January, oh, 22. And this is last of 21. So, so it's, it's 22. Five years. So it's. Okay. Okay. Hot tip. Five years. Wait, hot, hot tip. Do not get married on New Year's. That's so, so fucking confusing. confusing. All right. So, yeah, because it's Wood. 17 to 12. Oh, I know what he's getting you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. That was good. Good wood. <laughs> Too far. Not That wasn't as good as one. Wait, so this... <laughs> It's the year of wood. You should get him. You know what you should get? You should what? get What's him. What's a cool gift made out of wood? It's not out of wood. I want you to get, you know, did you watch Full House? Of course. Do you remember um, the beaver that Joey has that would be like, Yeah. the wood? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I want you to get that doll. <laughs> get him the doll. <laughs> of that beaver? <laughs> It's such a gymnastics leap into yeah, wood. Into which... wood. Because wood is actually a pretty easy one. You know what I want to get him? Cheese board. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> no, I want to get him a cheese board. The easiest... I think I want to get him like a cool custom wooden puzzle. That's what he should get you. <laughs> He's not going to get me anything. How do I, how do I talk to this guy about it? Like, it doesn't bother me. Mm. No one believes me when I say that. I think it sometimes bothers. Only sometimes. Not. It's. Let me put it this way. It doesn't bother me, but I'm not above using it as ammunition. Oh, proud How's of you. That? Love that. Love that for you. <laughs> I'm not above pretending that it bothers me when we're in fights about other things and bringing it up. How's that? <laughs> Don't I sound like a real pleasure to be married to? <laughs> <laughs> I uh yeah I listen I feel like I'm married to you guys I do you are a little bit married I'm to a little us. bit of We're the third kind of a thruple 
and get none of the benefits. None all of the them. benefits. <laughs> We're like, here, change this diaper. Now get out. <laughs> Can I have some Can food? I spend the night? Please leave. Please get out of here. Okay, so wait, wood. A, a wood puzzle is so good. So here's the thing about... Coasters? That's fun. Coasters are fun. But it's I don't... not a very romantic gift. Is well... that your face? I can't tell what your face is doing. No, I wood just aged you... whiskey? Whiskey. That's a fun one. So we had Hanukkah here the other night. and uh, I am jealous. Did you make latkes? You know who did? Will made latkes. And Jared made latkes. All the dads coming over made latkes. Actually, Will didn't get a chance. A bunch of kids came over and they were running around playing a game that has become a classic in our friend group called Santa Robot. Santa Robot is basically where one of the dads in our friend group pretends to be a Santa robot who just basically does this. I am Santa Robot. Beep, beep, ho, ho. And chases the kids. And it's such a popular item that they request it constantly. Oh, I love that. And if they request it and we're at a playground, all the other kids are like, Santa Robot, chase me. (laughs) And everyone is like, Santa Robot is the best. I think because it it doesn't make such a scary noise or it's a combination of two things kids love. I'm not really sure what equation makes it so Makes it work, but it's a success. Yeah, so the kids were going nuts on Hanukkah, running around, and Santa Robot was chasing them. And Spencer texted me from downstairs, give your kids tranquilizers. <laughs> he thought it was just, I think, mine. Happy I was like, Hanukkah. I said, sorry, we're having a Hanukkah party. And then I left them treats on the back stairs when we were done with the party. But That's really funny. Um, Wait, it is, as it is, New Year's Eve... When this episode is coming out, and people, let's be honest, will listen to it in the new year. Do you have any New Year's resolutions? Um, and what was yours from last year? Drink more water and floss. And how's it going? I guess I'm going to do it again this year. <laughs> Just try carry to make, it over. Try to make a change again. Carry it over. Try to, yeah. <laughs> oh, um. If at first you don't succeed, try, 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 and try again. again. Mine was write more. I wrote some. I could stand to write more. Happy to carry that on over. But I do have some fun news. Oh. Um, my show, Six Chick Flicks, is going to be in Orlando in May, Toronto in July, and possibly Edmonton, Canada. Edmonton, Alberta. Right? Is Edmonton in Alberta? I think so. Sure. Edmonton in Canada in August. Whoa. So I know. I have shows coming up, fun. which is like wild so i want to write more i'm gonna you know what i think i think in 2022 this is my resolution in 2022 i'm going to finish the screenplay i've been working on oh wow that's a really big goal that's a lofty goal don't say that that makes me doubt it no no i just think it's very impressive is all i mean i'm gonna finish that script in advance i'm gonna do one i'm gonna do one draft it's not gonna be the final draft but i'm going to finish a draft that's good that sounds like a manageable goal because i'm like i can't make it i don't want to like put pressure make it perfect but i'm gonna do it you you don't want to at midnight next new year burn all the pens and computers you own and be like that's it that's all the time we (laughs) have well I'm not a writer anymore. And that's how we ended. And that's how things ended. <laughs> that might feel good, actually. Maybe oh. you should do that. You know, I think about that, too. I think about, like, what would it be if we weren't, if I wasn't an artist or acting or doing podcasts or things like that? Mm-hmm. 
what would my day look? Yeah, would I be doing one job pretty well instead of a lot of jobs sort of well? <laughs> so same but one job. Same but one job. Would I be less happy though? Because I do like all of the like variety of my life. Yeah, that's really fun. I like the variety of my life too. Right, like every day is a little bit different. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I'm gonna finish my screenplay in 2022. That's my plan. That's great. Thanks. Yours um, drink water and floss. Keep kids alive. It's always a good resolution. Yeah, but I feel like we got over the big hump, which is the zero to one. And he ate that sticker and it passed right through. So I feel good about where we're at. He was a little chill on me when I saw him today after that, but then he lit right up. We're yeah. friends again. He did. That was so sweet to watch. We were actually. really hanging. He was listening to me. I was like, come here. And he was like, hey. He was pointing to things yeah, like here. And I was like, come here. He's like, uh. Dear readers, I taught Griff how to kiss. I'm like, Griff, give me a kiss. And on this episode and he makes of Truly the Darkly Creepy. Serious face you've ever seen and just leans his face into mine and rests it on my face. It really is so sweet. It's so funny. He's so cute. I know. He's so funny. I just was cute. like, saw him today and I was like, I haven't seen you since your first birthday. Yeah, he's one. Maybe he was so sick for his birthday, why, we canceled it. Do you think that's why Cole was angry at me? Because I made a big deal of Griffin's birthday. Maybe Cole felt left out. Nope. <laughs> we'll never know. He is a mystery. He's an enigma, that guy. By the I way, wish that your brain, when you were little, would remember moments like these, if only so that when you were older, I could be like, remember that day? What were you so mad about? And he'd be able to tell me. That'd be so cool. That would be fun. That's like an episode of Black Mirror that goes awry. Ooh. Let's write it. Let's write a spec script for Black Mirror. Oh my God, we're going to be so busy in 2022. So busy. By the way, you're listening to Truly. Darkly. Creepily. That's Quinlan Posner. That's Carrie Ipema. Oh, I tried to trick you. I'm really fast at it. Let's do one more. Ready? Okay. Uh, you're listening to Truly. Truly. Darkly. Creepily. Oh, couldn't do another. See? I thought I was really fa- Like, my brain was fast. And then you're I cursed myself into one. not remembering even the name of the show. Okay, ready? You're listening to Truly. Darkly. Creepily. I'm Carrie Epema. And I'm Quinlan Posner. And we switched our voices <laughs> into different <laughs> bodies <laughs> just then. What if we... That's actually another New Year's resolution. I'd love to have a Freaky Friday. Sure. So you're going to invent how to do it as well or, or find a scientist that already knows? Because you know they know how to do that. I don't think it's science-based. I think it's magic-based. Find a magician then. Mm-hmm. 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 Why aren't there more shows about magicians? I think we have enough. Okay. We have, can you find, can you see me? Can Now can you see me? Is, can you see me now? That one. I've like, never seen that. It's the one with um, Jesse Eisenberg and, you know, Isla Fisher and Woody Harrelson. Michael Caine. <laughs> it's also in it. <laughs> That's your Michael Caine. That's pretty funny. Mark Ruffalo is also in it. Hulk herself. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's basically, wait, there was something else I wanted, oh, dear readers, I do have something cool. Oh, great. Um, I already told Quinn this, I have via FaceTime, but I actually feel like I should tell you, it is New Year's and you deserve it. I went to the Bears game with my family, um, Mm. and I go once every 10 years, I love a tailgate, I love a football game outside, not a big fan of, like, you know, the domestic violence that plagues the league, but that's neither here nor there. I just love being outside at a football game. That's fun to me. I don't go often, but when I do, I lean in. And I leaned in so hard. 
not so hard. But I was at the game and I get a text from my cousin going, Carrie, you're on TV. I happen to be put on national TV at the Bears game. And I have a video. Maybe we'll post it when this episode comes out. But it's me, like, looking like I'm a big Bears fan when I don't probably don't know what's going on. You look like a Bears fan. I'm wearing bibs. I'm wearing coveralls. Yeah, like, yeah. overalls. You look orange. Great. Yeah. Thank you. I didn't have, like, any Bears stuff, so I had to really improvise. I wore my sister's navy Kansas sweatshirt and some orange overalls. And there, my friend, is a is Bears, Bears costume. Done. You should have just dressed like a bear. Should old acquaintance be? No. For- no? Boom. I don't know about you. I'm feeling 22. Oh, it's got it. So, Carrie, um, our Patreon subscribers have been doing music. What is League. it called? It's called Music League. Music League. And we do have a winner for this month's Music League. And just so you guys know, uh, if you were that winner, what you can expect to win is a video sent to you of Carrie and I having a dance party to the song you selected maybe matt's involved maybe the kids are involved we can't ever tell but we can't we turn know. on the music yeah. whoever wants to dance is gonna dance and you're gonna get a video since it was your song congratulations dear winners congratulations um speaking of winners let's talk about the new uh patreon subscribers that are gonna get right in and join that club how about lou <gasps> lou you again this is our second we don't have that many patreon subscribers but we do have two that are LU. Are you and sure? And I worked in their yes, different. Oh, wow. It's a Lou. new Lou. It's new Lou, new Lou. Not to be confused with, with old Lou, old Lou. You're not the, old news. We like you too, but new Lou. It's all about song. you. It's just a new Lou, new Lou. Thanks for joining Patreon. Patreon. Yes. Yes. That's so good. Lauren. Oh, Lauren, 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 thank you for joining Patreon, we're so happy, we're doing Gregorian chants, (laughs) (laughs) that was a Gregorian chant song, we've never done that before, I love a new genre, whenever we introduce it, breaking down walls, am I right? (laughs) Breaking down, breaking down friendships. That's for sure. That's what I do know is this: the friendship is breaking. Friendship is broken. Speaking of friends, I got my story this week from friends. From a friend. From a from a Patreon. You might say you heard it from a friend. Heard it from a friend. Messing around, right? Isn't that that song? I don't know that song. I heard it from a friend. We've gotten your notes so too much singing. We can't stop. We're in too deep. Moving on. Can't stop. Won't stop. Do you remember our lovely Irish patron? Yes. Of course. I said her name, Sierra. Pretty sure it's actually Kira. Yeah. Because in Ireland, that's how you say that. She... Recommended to me this story. A horrifying story. Is it based in Ireland? Yes. I don't know what it is about these Irish stories. I've told a couple. You've. T- I can't, I'm, they I never end them. well. They never end <laughs> well. But there's something about Ireland. I just feel like they get it. I just think there's something about them that I'm like, yeah, you're you're down to earth. You understand. Mm-hmm. 
that's what the story, the the horror, the horrific things that have happened there that we've told. That's what you're left with. You're like, man, you get me. Yeah, I <laughs> okay. do. All right. It's a really strange takeaway, but okay. I really do. I don't know what it is. I really don't know. What I like about it is that it's by reading about these stories, when I know that they're in Ireland, I, I get some automatic distance from them, which when you're telling a particularly sad story, which mine is you kind of need and it becomes cinematic in my mind where for some reason like I've never been to Ireland but I just picture such lush green rolling hills that I'm like okay we're here we're in this town it doesn't look like my town the people they have cute accents it's different they're ordering things at a bar that uh, might not even be available on my bar's menu and that feels safe for me to then tell the story it feels safe yeah. Do you think you have a Scotch egg, or is that now that's Scottish? I think. No, I, it's got to be <laughs> named for <laughs> named for another place. So I think. <laughs> do you know what a Scotch egg is? Yeah, I, I do. Tell me. I think quiz. it's like a hard-boiled egg, but it's inside some sort of crummy crust. It is. Am I wrong? A hard-boiled egg wrapped in sausage, deep fried. Oh, and that's the crust I'm picturing is actually a sausage you know, it's bread crust. bread comes on top of it. Wow. Good for them. Kind of great, right? Really smart. Good job, Scotchland. Hey. But fine, Nessie. We're all dying to see her. Okay, sorry. This is not about Scotland. In fact, <clears throat> it's really not. It's a different country. I've, I've only been to Ireland in utero. How was your trip? I mean, I'm Bumpy. here. My mom was pissed. I made her sick. When they were going around the ring of Carrie, you heard of it? Guess oh, why Carrie's I'm named an Irish name. Guess why I'm named Carrie? The ring of fucking Carrie in Ireland. County really? Carrie, baby. Yeah. 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 I didn't know that. Also Carrie in Gaelic? Dark haired. Oh, that didn't work out. <laughs> yeah, but I, some a friend of mine from Ireland. His family's from there and, and I was like, I'm named Carrie, I'm really Irish. And he's like, That's like naming your kid Illinois. <laughs> <laughs> I'll never forget it. It was so mean. People name their kids after places all the time. Yeah. I mean, I just want to say I love Ireland. I haven't been yet, but I, it's on my list. I want to oh, go to Dublin. I got to get go. Guinness. That's Kira, what I wanted. We'll yes. visit you. I, yeah. Kira, we're coming. Okay. Well, I got my information um, from Wikipedia, but mainly this like crazy in-depth article by... Connor Gallagher for the Irish Times that was Is there a more Irish name than Connor Gallagher? O'Gallagher. It was Connor um, O'Gallagher? No, I was trying to think of a more his name is Connor Gallagher, but Still. you asked me to think of a more Irish name and all I could come up with what if it's was Connor O'Gallagher. Or Connor McGallagher. Right. And did a great job writing this article. It was it was an investment. Let me tell you. Top of the article tells you how long. Have you ever seen those where they tell you about how long it should take you to read it at the top? Yeah. So you know what you're getting into, which I like. I appreciate. Yeah. Like how much do I want Because sometimes I'll do it and I'll be like, wow, this keeps going. This keeps going. And then you look at the little bar to the right and you're like, it's barely moved. I'm only halfway. <laughs> Help. <laughs> you know what this one said at the top? 30 minutes. Seven, five. Seven and a half minutes? 75 minutes it's that's a book baby is reading a book right wow so when i only cite that Connor. in wikipedia understand that after i read this i could have looked into other places but no. i think i have pretty much the whole story also connor <laughs> maybe you need an editor <laughs> <laughs> i don't know I, I shouldn't be maybe 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 i don't know 
I don't know if people in um, glass houses should throw stones. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> we are succinct. We are to the point. That's why we are 27 yep. minutes and we haven't even started a story for our true crime comedy pod because it's that's dependent on stories. Okay. Nary a tangent in this crew. Mm. Wouldn't it be funny if the article was long because Connor did that? <laughs> so I was like reading about this really sad case and then he's like, oh, that reminds me when I was in middle school and like, <laughs> you're like, no. Thank God this podcast isn't a reading medium. <laughs> My God. Well, dear readers, you be the judge of that. And we're going to talk about Anna Kriegel, who is... Related to Chris? Going to die. I'm just do- saying it up front because you're you going to be able to tell how I talk about her because it's... it's. I want you to know who this person was. She was adopted from Russia when she was two years old. And she had health issues right away. She had a tumor in her ear. And they do this oh. operation and... Because of the operation, she can barely hear from that ear afterwards. So she always kind of stands off to the side of people so she can hear them on the other side. She also has uh, poor eyesight. She also ends up with this painful condition they diagnose that you sometimes see in adolescents where your bones grow faster than your muscles. Oh, my God. And it's actually really painful. And it makes her really tall and sort of awkward. She's, like, bigger than all the other kids she goes to school with, and people think she's much older than she is. Um, She also kind of ends up with a little bit of a language issue because of, uh, I don't know, the hearing probably affected that, and she has a short-term memory problem. She's kind of plagued with a lot of different issues, and I don't know if it's a result of these, but she ends up... um, being at home a lot with her mom she likes to watch movies she likes to dance she plays like music in her room and just like jams out and takes dance classes um she's really innocent you know in her the way she totally looks at the world um yeah um she's pure of heart completely she's 14 years old when our story starts on Sunday, May 13th, 2018. Really recent. Recent. Um, She was doing one of her favorite things, which is watching a movie with her mom at home and eating popcorn, which she loved. And um, they're going to have this party and her mom orders pizza for it. And Anna doesn't want pizza. So she walks over to um, a nearby store and gets Chinese food. And back at the house, the kids that are part of the party, I think it's just family members and stuff, they're playing while the adults are drinking. Um, At one point, Anna and her cousin go up to Anna's room to make a YouTube video, which she makes YouTube videos a lot of um, dancing and stuff. Like, she'll make a video and then people say shitty things online. It's, I guess, what kids do these days. (sighs) Oh, I'm so sad for them in that way. That's I, I, I don't envy them at all. So the party ends and Anna's going to bed and it's one of her last nights. So I think it's just important to say what happened. Um, the next day her mom's going to work in Dublin and she tells her mom, since you're going to work, like wake me up before you go and say goodbye. And her mom wakes her up and she's like, oh, I also need you to give me a note because I'm supposed to get out of school early today because I, I have a counseling appointment. She had been seeing a counselor at Kildare Youth Services um, once a week. So her mom gives her a note for that and heads into Dublin. When Anna got home, 
She calls her mom around four. Her mom is, I think, still in a meeting or something, doesn't pick up the phone, um, but texts her like, I'll call you soon. Her dad is home, Patrick. And at five o'clock after Anna's been home for about an hour, boy B is what we're going to call him, mm-hmm. rings the doorbell. Dad opens the door. Boy B's there. And he's like, hey, is Anna home? And the dad's like, yeah. And he goes and gets Anna and sends her to the door. And he's kind of loitering. And Anna kind of just sticks her head out. And they have a little bit of a back and forth that's kind of whispered. And then Anna says, I'm going to go out and I'll be back really soon. Anna grabs her hoodie and goes with this boy. As she's leaving, her dad is like, hey, just remember that you have exams to study for. So and she's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to be back really soon. She seems happy. She leaves. Patrick goes to the door and watches and sees that the two of them are walking towards St. Catherine's Park nearby. They're not really walking together per se. Like the the boy B is kind of walking ahead of her and she's kind of walking. Like they're not like talking and walking together. Okay. But he sees them walking. Mom gets home. Where's Anna? She went with boy B. Right away, mom's blink goes off. She's like, they're not friends. And he's like, no, I know, but she didn't seem, I don't know, she seemed happy. Like she left with him. Her mom, because of all the like bullying that Anna has experienced at school. She just doesn't, like I said, she doesn't have like a lot of friends and her mom worries about her because she has been picked on a lot before she entered secondary school. She got all these sexually explicit messages sent to her online by some of the kids that go to school, like picking on her and like messing with her because they know she's kind of innocent. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, She's kind of a loner, and she's really struggled with this stuff. She has told a teacher before that she had suicidal thoughts. She has cut herself before, and she's done some strange things that I guess would would qualify as behavioral stuff that at that age, your parents are just like, I don't know what to do with you, which I think does happen to a ton of kids that age. Uh, totally. Like 12, 13, 14, 15. That's a really hard age, right? Yeah. And you do weird things for attention. Like, I guess one time Anna painted her eye black, like made a fake black eye basically before going to school. And her mom had some sort of remark about it. I read in the article about her wanting to like put the inside pain that she was feeling in a physical form, like on the outside. And that sounds kind of like what a lot of people that cut themselves do. Some of the psychology that's behind doing that. Yeah. I just think she's really struggling. And I think also when you get to be that age, you do start trying to do weird things to see how they feel. And if you'll get noticed and what kind of attention you'll get. Anyway, her mom, like I said, is kind of alarmed. Yeah. So she texts Anna and Anna doesn't text back. And that's not like her either. So then she texts her. If you don't text me back right now or call me back, I'm going to call the police, which seems overbearing. But again, I think I've laid out the circumstances and this mom really totally. felt like her blinks going off. Yeah. She starts to walk around. Can't find Anna. Gets in her car, drives around. Can't find Anna. They at home are trying to figure out Boy B's identity, which is to say, like, let's say they know him as like 
Bill. Like, you know what I mean? Totally. They don't know his last name. So they're kind of on social media trying to figure it out together, the parents. And they call their friend who's an investigator. And he's like, I honestly, like, I don't know what to do. You should call the police. So they're like, all right. So they call the police. And the police are like, oh, your teenage daughter went out a little bit later in the afternoon than she said and isn't returning your texts. But it's and, not that easy. But then they go. They do figure out Boy B's identity and go to his house. And he's home. And he's like, I walked through the park with her. I left her at 540. Basically 45 minutes after he met her at her door. Oh, fuck. The next day they keep looking. Nothing. They go to Boy B again and a new piece of the story comes to light. He's like, well, actually, the reason I... Because they're kind of like, what were you even doing? He's like, I was talking to her on behalf of my friend Boy A. He wanted to talk to her because there was rumors that she had a crush on him and he kind of wanted to let her know he didn't feel the same way, which sounds very teenage. Like, I really need to meet with this person to break their heart. I really need to do that. Anyway, his new piece of the story is that he took them to meet each other in the park and then left. They release a description of Anna to the public and start getting tips that come in. Someone's like, oh, I saw her at Dublin Airport. Oh, I saw her in this neighborhood. I saw her in this cul-de-sac. They grab Boy A and Boy B. And they're like, you guys need to take us physically where you went with Anna. Right. And they start to walk and they notice some strange things walking with the boys right away. One is that it doesn't match what Boy B had originally said was where they walked. The other is that the boys are kind of doing this thing where they're little glancings at each other that feel like weird. checking in. Yeah. yeah. Just those little eye contact moments that if you're a detective, you're like, I'm picking up a read on that. Yeah. So the police take them in to get statements, and Boy B says, pretty much same as before, brought Anna to the park, left her at 540. Um, boy A says, oh yeah, Boy B is one of my best friends, and he had come to my house, and I was doing chores, and we arranged to meet at the park later. When Boy B came, he was with Anna, and I know Anna from school. I don't know her that well, but I, you know, Anna then told me that she liked me and wanted me to basically be her boyfriend or me to go out with her. And, and I didn't want to. And I told her that and I was really nice about it, but she got really annoyed and didn't say anything and then walked away, looked kind of mad at me and like left. And that was the whole thing. And she left Boy B had already left. Now I'm alone. So I leave. But as I'm leaving the park, two men attack me. Boy A? Mm-hmm. Two men attack me and they start kicking me. And I'm on the ground. And I somehow get one of them down and I kick him in the head. And when I kick him in the head, they're like, they stop, you know, and I get rid of them that way. The face that you're giving me, Carrie, is exactly the face I picture the detective having, which is, no. <laughs> what? <laughs> Carrie's making the, uh, what <laughs> face. And I just... Incredulous and, like, just... It's a, it's a story totally, that a kid I don't would make believe up. it. It's a kid made up. Yeah. A kid made up that story, because that's not what happened. You didn't get attacked by two men and then somehow kicked one of them in the you head. You got him down and... No, yeah, there's no fucking way. ridiculous. There's no and, fucking way. Well, and so they start looking. They can't find anybody matching that description on CCTV footage anywhere near that area. Like two men. Um, Especially these kids whose story keeps fucking changing. Right. Well, they do end up 
Finding Anna. Three days after, on May 17th, she is found in an abandoned farmhouse. It's scary looking, like boarded up windows, trash everywhere. You know, she's naked except for her socks. Her phone is smashed. There's duct tape around her neck. And her fingers are kind of up in the tape. She had wounds and a lot of blood. There was also blood on a nearby cement block and stick. And it seemed like those could have been weapons used on her. She had died of blood force trauma. They find semen stains on her top, on some of her clothing. She was just tortured and killed. And presumably sexually assaulted. Yeah. What they end up finding is some of her blood on boy A's boots. They arrest them. And in their searching of boy A's phone... They find all this weird stuff, like 15 most gruesome torture methods in history, horror films that will blow everything away. He was reading a story called Jeff the Killer, which was a a made-up story, but I think about a kid that had murdered his family. He also had Googled abandoned places in Lucan, which I think was the town near where they were. When they talk to him, they're kind of asking him really basic questions about whether or not he knows good and bad, right and wrong. You know, I think it's like a little like, who is this person? And he seems smart. He seems to know what the right answers are. They ask him what his interests are. And he says he likes anatomy and the human body, the inner life and the skeleton specifically. Then they tell him, we found Anna's blood on your boots. And he just says, are you joking me? You can't be serious. And basically, in the whole time they're talking to him, he's sort of going between saying things like, it can't be, or I don't know. He's not giving them anything, any right. information that's helpful at all. Right. They aren't getting anywhere. Boy B, it's a different story. He starts to sort of crack right away and ends up confessing that he went into the farmhouse with Anna and Boy A, and that he saw Boy A do what he describes as some sort of judo move on her where he like flips her and that it hurt her. And then he started to choke her and pull off her clothes and that she was crying and, you know, asking him to stop. And that amidst all this boy, a looked at boy B and they made eye contact and boy, a was totally blank, like no emotion devoid of anything. And it really scared Boy B. Boy B and he left. They bring this now to Boy A. A. And he's like, I don't know what you want me to say, Boy B. That's a lie. Like, he's just lying to you. (sighs) They search Boy A's house and they find a backpack with gloves, knee pads, shin guards, and a really weird homemade mask that's, like, creepy and covers half your face and looks kind of like a like skeleton yeah. mask. Ugh. Anna's blood is on the inside and outside of the mask. It's also on the knee pads, the gloves, and the backpack. Oh my god. This poor child. They find that his DNA is a match for the semen. Boy A's. What a piece of shit. Boy B continues to deny any involvement in the attack, and he also has another piece of the story that he tells them that is, hey, 
before this happened, I was talking to boy A and he said, do you want to kill somebody? And I said, no. And he asked me why not. And I said, because it's retarded. And he said, oh, come on. And I said, who are you planning on killing? And he told me Anna. And I said, in your dreams. But this is the conversation he recounts and says that he didn't believe him. He thought he's just. Yeah. And that when it did happen, when they met her and it all started to happen and he started to attack Anna, it scared the shit out of him. He was so surprised that he kind of just froze. Okay. And then ran away and didn't tell anybody. They're questioned for several days and they end up charging boy A with murder. And a few weeks later, they end up charging boy B as well. Yeah. Their identities are protected. They're 13 years old. That's why they're boy A and boy B. That's why they're boy A and boy B. It's a measure to protect not only them, but their families. Because knowing the identity of their families might cause people, I think, to do terrible things to their families. Boy B, and keep in mind they're 13, Boy B spends um, a month in custody before being granted bail, and Boy A spends more than two months in custody before being granted bail. And then their trial begins at the end of April of that year. Okay. There's kind of some legal stuff that I can barely get into because I don't understand all of it, but I do know that the legal age of criminal responsibility in Ireland is 12, but that that drops to 10 when it's rape or murder. But at 13, these two boys become the youngest in the history of Ireland to be charged with murder. Guilty pleas are super rare in Ireland because it carries with it an automatic life sentence. Right. No matter what approach you take about it. like So you might as well try to defend yourself... For There's f- no sentencing discount exactly. if you plead guilty. If you plead out. Um, wow. So a lot of people are like, oh, what do I have to lose? But you might get lucky and be acquitted on something, you're, you know, a technicality or something that goes wrong with the trial, right? Yeah. So anyway, wow. if you're a minor, the judges have more decision of what the sentencing is, though. They don't like explicitly say that, but I... I, it feels like that's the... It feels like that's right. They have a ton of shit on Boy A, as I just sort of outlined. Boy B, it's trickier. What we do know is that Boy B had all these chances. To stop. To, not just to stop it from happening. What I'm saying is he had all these chances when he was being questioned that he was lying. Yeah. Over and over again, he was lying. Right. Over and over again. And tiny little bits were getting pulled out, and it doesn't make him... We don't know now because he's told so many many, lies. It's really hard to know what the story is. In early 2019, his team hires Dr. Colm Humphreys, um, a psychologist that specializes in childhood trauma, to examine him and interview him a bunch. And Humphreys diagnoses boy B with post-traumatic stress disorder. Right. And paints this picture of, this person saw this thing happen and it was horrible what happened and they got PTSD from it happening and they were unable to tell their story because of that. Right. Okay. 
during the trial, he has a panic attack in court one day and they have to halt the proceedings and an ambulance takes him out. I mean, this, no matter what happened, it's a lot for a 13-year-old. It's a lot for anybody. It's a lot for us talking about it right here today. Totally. Anna's parents, Geraldine and Patrick, like, never leave the courtroom. No. So they watch the whole thing unfold. They watch the them talking about her autopsy and all the injuries she sustained. It's so heartbreaking. Boy A and B are excused from being in court that day because of the graphic nature of the evidence. That's isn't that such a mind fuck? That's a mind fuck. I'm sorry. That's I know. I can't wrap my mind around that. And while they're in court, boy A keeps resting his head on his dad's shoulder and boy B is like holding his mother's hand the whole trial. I mean, these are kids. These are little kids. They, the judge tells everyone in the courtroom that they will be subject to criminal sanction if they reveal in social media or in conversations with people outside that room, the boys are the identities and no one ever has told, I mean, to our knowledge, like they're, you can't find out these, these two boys identities to this day. Wow. You go on Wikipedia. They're boy A, boy B. I mean, you go I like anywhere. that for multiple reasons. One, because honestly, like, oh, I get, to be up for public discourse is already such a burden. Mm-hmm. But I also think, too, is like people have such an obsession with who did what and why, when in reality, it's like the person, the victim, is the one who should be remembered and cared for in memory you know we mm-hmm. shouldn't be holding space for the people that hurt her mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but i i uh so the defense isn't great for either of the boys even the stuff i just told you about the psychology stuff with boy b they decide it's not admissible really so well it's like you again it's he probably does have ptsd by the way there's no doubt in my mind that that kid has ptsd yeah. The question is, is he still culpable of his actions? Well, there was a lot of stuff about what's admissible. I thought, like, what was interesting is, in the defense, they're like, can we show him this? It's like, no. Can we show him this? The prosecution went up against the same thing, where they were like, look at this uh, online quiz he took, or, you know, where it says that he feels strange, and he feels different from other kids, or look at this porn we found in his room, or look at uh, how he liked heavy metal. Like, there was, they were trying constantly to show, like, character stuff. Right. And they're like, it's a 13-year-old boy. With access to and the internet. And you want to be like, he was yeah. looking at porn, he was looking at violent images, he was this, he was that. Like, clearly... He's a 13-year-old boy with access to the internet, period. I don't dispute that there was a darkness there, so much so that he was curious to kill someone and did. We're talking about boy A. I don't think you can show his you know, notebooks where he drew, like, God forbid if you or I ever get accused of something, this podcast will be fodder. Oh, completely. all of her, yeah. Anyway, um, uh, you know, they find, like, references to Satanism and some of his stuff, and you know where we're going with that and the satanic panic and this kind of thing. Um, oh, in fact, in Boy B's room, the police, I think they're called, like, the Garda or Garda, do you know what they're called in Ireland? Um, Guarda? No. It's something like that. That's... Anyway, they find a notebook lying out that has rules written for a satanic cult. And 
there's a list of the members, which include boy A and boy B, and there's a list of the rules to be in the cult. And the rules are only pledge hosts can give pledges. Don't talk about it. Act normal like nothing happened. No talking about Jesus or God, only Satan. Boy B apparently, during his interview, told them that the cult was a homework club where they actually it's like fight club they share their we uh, don't the first rule about homework club is we don't talk about homework they share their homework with each other so they don't all have to like do their homework and the reason it says anything about satan like don't talk about jesus or god only satan is that they wanted to try to make it so their other classmates wouldn't want to know what it is or join or be part of it What's so funny to me, though, is, like, the same excuse we used earlier for Anna when she had, like, black makeup. And, like, when you're at that age, you're trying things on just to see how they make you feel and all that stuff. It's, like, the the evidence of, quote, character feels like the, for these 13-year-old boys, it's the same thing. It's, like, trying on different things and seeing how it feels, right? And yeah, it, and I think it the seems big like difference they got is carried boy away. A. And, boy, if he... Uh, Boye feels... It feels like somebody that has something in them that would make them do this again, to me. Totally. And I know that's a really controversial thing to say when we're talking about a 13-year-old. Right. I know that's a really controversial thing did to he say. Have remor- I mean, did they did they ever admit to be... Like, did Boye ever admit to being there? Even with, like, all the, circ- all the physical evidence that tied him to it? And if so, did he ever show any remorse... Like, Boy B seems to, like, listen, he denied, he lied, all that stuff, but he did. What Boy ends up, okay, so what Boy A ends up saying is, or he doesn't end up saying anything, to be clear. Like, they, what his defense ends up saying is the only thing they can say, maybe the sex was consensual. And that maybe him killing her wasn't planned. Those are the two best things they can say for it. Maybe she wanted to have sex and maybe he killed her at the spur of the moment. That's the best thing they can say for him. Okay. So And she didn't want to. No. There's so no way. There's I no want to be very clear about that. It's like last week's case. It's like just because they're dead they can't tell you whether they consented or not. It's such it's like <sighs> Well, what ends up happening is that boy A is found guilty of murder and aggravated sexual assault. Boy B is found guilty of murder. They were unanimous verdicts. And in 2019 in November, they get sentenced. Boy A was sentenced to life with a review period after 12 years. He was also sentenced to another 12 years for the aggravated sexual assault but that sentence is to run alongside the murder sentence. So I think they're being served consecutively, meaning like 24 years for sure. Is okay. it what I read that as? Okay. Being there at least 24 years. Okay. B was sentenced to 15 years and it will be reviewed after a period of eight years. Okay. Uh, they don't put it in our same terms. Yeah. But like I think that parole. means uh, I think parole like, yeah. kind of is the... Um, well, I get to like take a look at the case and determine and probably like your behavior and think, are you, <sighs> this is so recent. Patrick and his father said forever is not long enough. Yeah. Um, it will remain 
a criminal offense to tell anybody their identity. And so they're going to continue to be known as A and B, even as they become adults, I think. And after they're released from prison, they'll give them uh, new identities when they uh, go back into the world, new names to protect them. Whoa. Mm-hmm. Anna's funeral was in What May. is the community? The community has to know who it is. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. Two boys vanished from their school afterward. And yeah. Yeah. I mean, yes. But I'm saying no one's allowed to speak to, to the press, press or social or... media and let them know their identities. Wow. Mm-hmm. That's insane that communities have taken that gag order and wow. Anna's funeral was in May of 2018 uh, in Dublin and her family asked everybody to wear bright colors and glitter and sparkles. They made donations that went to the Russian Irish adoption group and they put a Russian flag and a Matryoshka doll in her coffin with her. Yeah, poor girl. Yeah, it's a really sad story. But I thought that it was a really interesting Case. thing to learn about how they well, it's handled. It's fascinating in Ireland, this idea of not, like, I'm amazed. I mean, I stand by what I said before about Ireland being like, there's something about that community of, like, all honoring the wishes and not, like, there's something about it that feels, like, pretty rare mm-hmm. to not disclose the information of these kids. And I think... I think, I mean, I, I don't want to say it's admirable, but I, I mean, I think, I think it's the right thing to do for sure. Um, especially because I can't imagine the pain that their parents are going through. Oh um, God. I mean, and that's not to say anything about or diminish the pain that Anna's parents are going through. I just think, um, the fact that they said one of the reasons was they were trying to prevent people from like going after the parents. Yeah. Like they, there's, there's, you guys, they lost their kid for 24 years to prison, and in the public eye, their kid is murdered a, a young girl, raped a young girl. Like, don't worry. They're being punished for whatever you think. I met someone who knows the parent of a child who was a shooter, and they worked with them or something. I, I, I honestly can't remember who it was, but they talked about how the parent was so normal and like the parent was and is and is carrying this guilt like Mm. I can't imagine I can't imagine being the parent of someone who does this and my heart goes out to Anna's parents first and foremost because their daughter was tortured and killed in a way that is Mm. just devastating they are not the only family who is dealing with loss and grief yeah but obviously, oh, it's so fucking hard. Wow. Thanks anyway, for sharing that. Uh, I wanted to tell you, I got an email uh, from Larry. Yeah. And I, he was responding to, I think, me saying that I would take a lie detector test if someone asked me because I'm interested, you yeah. know? Yeah. And he said, never take a lie detector. There's a reason why it's not admissible in court. There's no science behind it. It is solely a method to get people strapped up where they can be interrogated. The standard practice is for the examiner to say, oh, gee, we have a problem with this question. Perhaps there's a reason why we're getting a deceptive reading. Do you think you could talk more about it? Do you think you could think more about it and tell us more? Or they'll say, oh, you blew the 
dial off the gauge. Uh, there's something you're not telling us. So they use it as a tool. We knew that. We figured that out, didn't we? Um, yeah, totally. Um, and he said, bottom line, if they offer you a lie detector test, propose an alternative, a Ouija board. It has just as much science behind it. Hi, God, if I'm ever in trouble, I'm calling me some Larry. I'm calling Larry. Larry, I'm putting you on retainer. One Domino's pizza. I still got to do that for him. <laughs> Terry owes you a Domino's, Larry. You know, when he's here, let me know. I'm going to order you guys a um, What are you seeing, um, American Utopia? Sunday. Oh, I love that for you. Thank you. And now a word from our sponsors? Yeah. And now a word from our sponsors. <laughs> Go ahead, sponsors. Get your bad self. My name is Hunter, and I welcome you to Murder and Such podcast about murders, the macabre, true crime, serial killers, and other dark subject matter. Join me for the first 50 episodes where my co-host and I discuss some of the most well-known cases and some you've probably never heard of. Or join me after episode 51 for a much more serious approach to true crime. You can find Murder and Such on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and all of your podcatcher services. You can also find me on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Murder and Such. I hope to hear from you soon. Hey, we're back. Or are we? Or are we talking from the past? Because we're super safe with Birdie. Birdie, you guys, Birdie envisions a world where women can be safe, where they can uh, walk down the street and just uh, do their thing, not really worry about... Uh... Can I tell you something, actually, tell me. about Birdie? I was in Chicago with a friend, and she had a really cute purple Birdie. They didn't have that color when I bought mine, or mm-hmm. my mom bought me mine for Christmas. It was this really cute lavender Birdie, and I was like, oh my god, this is incredible. Where'd you get it? She goes, my sister gave it to me. She goes, she had a really scary experience. This guy was fucking following her from the train, her sister. And she kept walking and this guy was still fucking following her. And she went up to this guy who was in her neighborhood who was like putting trash out. And she went up to him and she was like, can I please stand by you? There's a man following me. He's like, yes, come this way. After that happened to her, she bought a birdie. And she bought one for her sister and she bought one for her whole family. That's so smart. Get a birdie for yourself. Get a birdie for your friend. Get a birdie for your daughter. And get a birdie for your son. I think, like, everybody can have a birdie. I carry mine on my bike so that if something happens, I just pull it. So smart. It sets off a strobe light. It has, like, a really loud noise. It's just going to, even if you never use it, which hopefully you are never going to use it, um, except at a weird sound rave or something but it totally if, i hope you don't have to use it but you're gonna feel better if you have it so get one today and use the promo code tdc10 you get 10 percent off it's a no-brainer we love you stay safe and um bye birdie from the wilderness of kodiak island alaska This is Murder and Mystery in the Last Frontier with your host, Robin Bearfield. In a land full of peril and vicious animals, humans are the most dangerous predators of all. Alaska is a land rich in natural resources. Gold, copper, oil, salmon, and crab have all drawn people to the 49th state in search of wealth. These economic booms have also brought criminals 
and desperate dreamers to Alaska. In a state with soaring mountains, raging rivers, violent storms, and extreme temperatures, you either choose to live on the edge or society forces you to live there. People disappear in Alaska at twice the national average. Too many have stepped into the woods, never to be seen again. In my podcast, I share stories about murder and mysterious disappearances in the last frontier. That was our sponsors. It was great. Now it's my turn. So I'm doing this story. So since it's New Year's Eve, I went theme. I went theme. I'm doing... um, I'm not going to tell you what it is. I got this information from Wikipedia, BBC News, news.ifeng, CNN, Guardian, Time, NPR. It is December 31st, 2014. It is New Year's Eve. We're in Shanghai um, at the Chenyi Square in the Bun District. So this is a part of Shanghai that is a waterfront area, and it's overlooking the... Sorry. Nope, look it up. Look it up. We got a sound almost my heart. Look it up and you can also fart because this part's going to be edited out. This is a part that I edit out. Ba, 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 ba. Following pronunciation is brought to you by pronouncenames.com. Wang Pu. It's just Wang Pu. Wang Pu. This is in the Chenyi Square in the Bun District. It's a waterfront area of Shanghai that's overlooking the Wang Pu River. So... What's noteworthy about this date is it's December 31st, which is like a very Western interpretation of New Year's, right? And so in Shanghai, it's not as big as Lunar New Year, Mm -hmm. but because of Western influence, it's becoming bigger. People are doing more things. They're doing fireworks. They're they're going out and celebrating. So there's this supposed light show that's going to happen on December 31st at midnight. So people are coming to see this light show this laser lights this thing they're coming to celebrate it's a new year show exactly they've realized that the year prior it was like three hundred thousand people in this area it is insanely packed it is like you can't move nothing so they realized that people were coming and we're going to come out again um and so the organizers of the laser light show were like you know what I don't think we should do this. We're worried about overcrowding. I don't think it's going to be a good situation. Mm -hmm. However, instead of publicizing this, instead of putting this in news, making sure it's communicated to all of the people who wanted to attend this New Year's Light Show, that fell to the wayside. They kind of didn't communicate it well, that this show wasn't going to happen. So about 310,000 people still... (gasps) showed That's up. That's so many people. That is so many I thought you were going to say 300 people. Oh my god. 310,000. That's insane. Like an insane amount of people. <sighs> when they canceled the light show, the organizers, in addition to not communicating it to the attendees, what they did communicate it to is the police. And they said, hey, listen, the year before they had 6,000 police officers controlling the group and controlling the scene, the crowd. Mm-hmm. They did tell the police, and they only had 700 police officers managing a crowd of 310,000. <gasps> That's Rif- not a great ratio. It is a very bad ratio. 
Okay. So there's a stairway that is up to the waterfront. And at the time, people are lining up to see the show. Word is starting to spread that the show has been canceled. It's about 1130. So at this time, people are trying to go up the stairs and people are trying to go down the stairs and in this little stairway. It is so crowded that people can't move. People can't do anything. People are stuck on this stairway. There's no place for them to go. There's no police guiding them where to go. At the same time, which, by the way, this is something that hasn't totally been corroborated, but it has been reported, a nightclub nearby the waterfront started throwing out coupons that looked like U.S. dollars. So it looked like money was flying from the sky. So there's some reports that people were, like, picking up money. But what was happening on the staircase, people started pushing against each other, trying to get up and down. The people started falling. People started falling down the stairs, collapsing into each other. And at 11.35 p.m., it got so bad that the mayor of Shanghai created a working group to help resolve and alleviate the situation. People talked about not being able to move. It was just that you got pushed with the crowd. If you got pushed down, you couldn't get up. You'd get trampled. And people did. This is my worst nightmare. No one had any control. People are crying. Survival instincts start taking over. So people are like panicking and trying to get out. No one's listening to order. People are doing anything to survive. People are on the stairs jumping off of them (gasps) to clear so they can get out of this mess. At 11.50, people start seeing people really, really hurt. And it's incredibly dangerous to be there. So people start to leave and like people are now rushing to get out as soon as they can. The police are showing up. And they start trying to control the human traffic and evacuate people from the second level. People are with loved ones who have fallen and have been trampled. And they're administering CPR to their loved ones while police stand by and watch and are trying to, like, manage this crowd. At 11.55, police and volunteers link their arms together and stand to create a human wall so that ambulances can get in and have access to people. People are giving CPR, like I said. People are crying. People are carrying bodies, trying to get them to safety. They're taking injured people to the hospital. What's really sad, as I mentioned before, is the celebration of New Year's on December 31st as opposed to Lunar New Year. It's a lot of young people. Mm -hmm. who are going to this. There are students. There are children. Mm -hmm. In all, 36 people are killed. Wow. 49 were injured. 13 of those were seriously injured. The youngest death of the group is 12 years old. Mm. Most of the victims are students in their 20s. 25 of these deaths are of women. The average age of the 36 victims was 22. 
relatives are going to the hospitals and they're trying to bum rush the hospitals to get any information, trying to get a hold of their loved ones. Oh, because a bunch of people too probably got were there, got separated, all kinds yes. of things. The chaos. And you see police like trying to hold people off. Mm-hmm. There's not communication happening at the hospital. People are posting photos of victims and trying to identify them. That's how their family is finding mm-hmm. out. A couple of people who passed away do Yijun who's 21. She's a student whose birthday was just on Christmas that year. She just turned 21. There was Lina, who's 23 years old. She was a migrant worker who was going to get married in 2015, and she was at the fire. She was at the light show with her fiancé. Another victim was from Taiwan, Malaysia, children, students. So... This all happens really quickly. Like I said, the mayor gets puts this working force together at 11.35. By 11.55, they're able to clear and get ambulance, but it's too late for these victims. And for those who are injured, they're just trying to get them to the hospital. On January 1st, New Year's Day, all activities are canceled. They have supposed to have a New Year's marathon. That's canceled. The Shanghai Tower Light Show. Lantern festivals, it becomes just a day of mourning of grief in Shanghai. And fear spreads about having these huge public gatherings and how dangerous they are. Mm -hmm. There are obviously flowers. People are mourning the area. People are just grieving this massive loss. And as front page news, word spreads across the world. And what's really devastating is that Even the government admits this was a totally preventable situation from the lack of communication of the organizers communicating to attendees that it it wasn't happening to limiting the police and people there to manage human traffic from 6,000 to 700. (laughs) Three top. I just, I'm very angry about the not telling the public their thing was canceled. Like just putting aside the horrificness of what then took place, I'm still just very angry because totally. you just saw how long it took me to get my kids and coats and out of the house. <laughs> totally. That's all I can think about is like, even the people that didn't suffer horrible losses, just getting your family fucking ready to be somewhere and then getting your ass there and then dealing with the crowd and no one told you the shit was canceled. If they totally knew yeah. what the fuck's going on. Totally. Totally. Three top officials are fired, the local Communist Party boss, his deputy, and the police chief in Shanghai. What's crazy is the boss and his deputy were actually eating at a high-end restaurant nearby right before the incident took place, and they were eating there for free, which is, like, really against the rules. So they were doing something sort of shitty when it all happens, which is, like, really bad PR in addition. Mm -hmm. The New Year's celebration events the following year was canceled as well. And... That is the story of the New Year's Eve stampede in Shanghai in 2014. Whoa, what a crazy story. That's awful. Yeah. Don't ever go to a light show, you guys. Even if it's Don't. happening. You, know, I just took the kids this week to a... Yeah, you did. Fucking Brooklyn Botanic lightscape. <laughs> fucking Was hell. it a waste of time? I think it would have been really nice to go with maybe just Matt. Um, they were like, maybe, I don't know. my kids not to go with me. Yeah, I I thought it was, (laughs) it would have been nice to do it without them. Basically, 
<laughs> Griff cried the whole time and just wanted to breastfeed, which obviously it was like kind of cold out. So I kept finding benches and breastfeeding. And your boob must have gotten so cold. My boob was so cold. And Koa was like complaining a lot. And oh, poor Koa, actually, now that I remember. We entered and he was on like his little bike that attaches to the stroller. Mm-hmm. And Matt took a turn and Koa wasn't holding the stroller and he flew off the bike and hit his head really hard and got a bump on his head right away to start the night. Oh, Jesus. Then he's running and he didn't see a wire that was like plugging in a light and he took a fall and fell like like again, like 10 minutes after recovering from the first fall. So to Koa's credit, that sounds really miserable. He was up against a lot himself. So he was in a bad mood. Griff's crying the whole time. Your tit is cold. I was just like, why do we bother? Like, because it's really hard (laughs) with them being so young to get them on the subway in a stroller, off the subway, walk somewhere, get there. Oh, fuck. Like, I don't know what we're supposed to be doing, though, because I get that we're supposed to be making these important family memories right now. So I can't help but every few weeks try to do something like this, something special for them. And every time I'm like... God, I'm what an is idiot. What is the GD point? Why did I do this? What like, is the GD point? I, here's the thing. I, you know, moving to New York, everybody watches the New Year's, you know, live, you know, the New Year's show, whatever. The Dick Van Dyke, Dick, 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 Dick Van Clark, whatever his name is. Dick Van Clark. Dick Clark. Dick Clark New Year's. That's it. Dick Van, Dick Van Clark. Dick Van Clark New Year's. And I, I, there's no part of me. Who does it now? Hoda? I don't know. Al's for sure there. Oh, yeah. But I... Carson Daly. That's it. Carson Daly does it. I I have no want to ever, ever go to that event. No. The only time I'd ever go is if I was a guest performing, presenting, or I had an indoor spot at a friend's penthouse to overlook it all with a bathroom and some fun cocktails but i you know when andy and andy presented did you see that that looked fun and i was like being with your friend like you know what i'd host with you oh i do you think they'll have us i mean i think do you think they could use a true crime comedy host wait a minute should that be our new year's resolution 2022 (laughs) into 2023 a year from now we want to they're like you know who we really need hosting (laughs) this too these two women. Those mediocre podcasters. <laughs> Carrie Uppenman and Quinlan Posner. I just, as long as I have access to a bathroom and I have access to warmth and some cocktails when I want. Like, I, no, you couldn't, no, you no. couldn't pay. I just, the ability to not be able to use the bathroom. No. But nope. I've been, I mean, listen, I've been to very big events, right? And it's, I don't like to go to Times Square when the ball's not dropping. Yeah, Times Square. I used to work in Times Square. And on the day, on December 30th, I was walking from, okay, it's the walk from 51st to 42nd, less than 10 minutes. Because the blocks are really short in Times Square, like 10 minutes maybe at most. Mm-hmm. It took me on the 30th when they were setting everything up, 45 minutes just to walk. Listen, we were in Soho yesterday on a Saturday. I was like, I'll never do this again. Like, (laughs) every restaurant we walked by had a line outdoors at, like, 3 p.m. to go in and get what? Like, a mimosa? I was like, this is ridiculous. This is insane. I got on the subway and I said to my mom, so I guess we're going to move out of New York. I was like, this is... (laughs) 
Well, you know, I hadn't been to Manhattan in a really long time, and I just forgot that you can't go there on the weekend to do a thing. Uh, well, you also have a kid. It's no, not... I wouldn't have enjoyed it with or without. It was the amount of people that want to do something so simple and the fact that it's that crowded and you have to wait a really long time to do something like that. Yeah. I'm just not into it. Um, Dear readers, thank you for listening. We hope that 2022 is just what the doctor ordered and we hope that you have an absolutely magical evening tonight if yeah. you are going out. And also, don't put pressure on yourself to have a crazy magical evening. Let the magical evening happen to you. Sometimes when we force it, people get sloppy. People put expectations. Honestly, use it as an opportunity to, if you want to get dressed up and put on some fun new makeup. Yeah, go for it. If not, go in your sweats and be with your family. Don't put pressure on this fucking holiday. I can't stand it. Remember that gift box somebody got you a really long time ago that you've been saving in the closet because you think you're either going to re-gift it or throw it away? Go ahead and open it. Why not? Why the not? Night's the night's Maybe young. Maybe there's a CBD bath bomb in there and you can get uh, weird. Get in the tub. Have a nice evening. Oof, Relax. Um, kick yeah, back. Yeah, get some Epsom salts. Well, happy New Year's. Hey, Quinn. Happy New Year's. Happy New Year, Carrie. Oh, it was a blessing spending 2021 with you and I can't wait for 2022. The listen, it's gonna be our year. I feel it. Cause I don't know about you, I'm feeling twenty two. Come on, next to you. Join Patreon. It's a subliminal message and review us on iTunes. Give us five stars or else. Wait, that was so weird. What's after you? Uh,